I'm CBS 19 meteorologist Jack Durkin for Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Welcome to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host for the next 30 minutes as we have a conversation about faith and how to integrate our faith into all the areas of our lives. On this program, what we like to do is share testimonies and faith journeys intended to encourage you if you're already a believer and challenge you a bit if you're still checking out faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So that's what we like to do on this show. We share God's Word and we pray that He will open up your hearts to receive it today and that it will bless you mightily. We like to start the program with a scripture read and we're actually going to spend some time on this during the program. This comes from the New Testament. It's Luke's Gospel, Gospel of Luke. Chapter 7, verse 1, I'm going to read just this first portion, and then we're going to talk about it later on the program, but it goes like this. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you. I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So that's, again, Luke's gospel, Luke 7, and it's um, we started on verse 1 and went down to about 9 or 10. Luke 7. Again, thanks for allowing me to share that with you. Wanted to remind you that we have all our podcasts are currently loaded on iTunes. We also have a website. It's everydayfaithradio.com. We're going to take a quick break. We have Father Nick Redman with us again on the program. We're going to take a very quick break. Be right back. Please stay with us. And then you're out of desperation. Do you not the And welcome back to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host. I'm so glad that you joined us with us on the program from via the telephone. I don't even know where he is today, but we have <laughs> Father Nick Redman, our favorite priest in the entire world, is with us on the program. Father Nick, thanks, thanks for Jeff. joining us. Yeah, I'm actually down here in Petersburg, Virginia. This is my new assignment, St. Joseph's in Petersburg. 
and I'm happy to join you. Uh, you know, love calling you and, and talking to you and, and uh, you know, my old friends from Charlotte. So I've got so many old friends back there, and I'm, I'm really happy to be able to be with you today. Well, and you have such a great story, and your your story involves Charlottesville and your whole kind of conversion or calling or hearing from the Lord, and you have so many friends and fans and um followers such as myself and, and just appreciate you making yourself available to uh, teach us a little something and encourage us um, and just appreciate a lot what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, actually you, you say that and, I, and, I, and the words from chapter seven, which you just read from Luke seven, I am not worthy. You know, it's just like, you know, and I, I hear those words that the centurion says, I'm Lord, I am not worthy. For you to come under my roof, and it's, it's that's how I feel. You know, I'm, I'm not worthy to to be doing all the this. You know, even talking on your show, it's it's just like um, it's very humbling. Yeah, so I, and I I, I, I think you just said the key word there is that humility piece, and it just. Um, as you know, Father Nick, I'm no expert either, but I just like to talk about faith like my favorite thing to do. And, and it appears to me that if we could just get ourselves out of the way, meaning like if we could just kind of push all of our ego and all of our, you know, what we're thinking about out of the way and let God take over. And I think that's kind of my own little personal definition of humility. And because as I read the Bible, I, I, I wander upon these verses that that Peter wrote in his letter, and, and it it says that God opposes the proud, but shows grace and mercy to the humble. One of the translations says he multiplies grace and favor upon the humble, and I and I see that with you. You're such a humble guy. I mean, the world would want you to you know raise your hands and. And, and look at me and look at what I've done and, you know, it's all about me. And you found this way, and I'm, I know it's through your discipline and, and, and through really your communion with Jesus, but you found this way to kind of get yourself out of the way and let God work through you, and it's amazing. I'm just telling you, it's awesome and an honor to spend time with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I, mean I'm, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things is I think if we have a realistic view of the world, of ourselves, uh, then we really can't take credit for anything that we have supposedly accomplished. Uh, because think about it, all the gifts that we've got, they're not our gifts. God gave them to us. Yeah. You know, the families that we have, the, that we were born into, you know, God placed us in the families that we, that we you know, even our great nation, God placed us in this great nation. And, you know, so, so all the things that we have and all the things that we've done really wasn't, you know, it wasn't through our own doing so much as it was through God giving us the talents. And, of course, we've got to cooperate, but, you know, to pat ourselves on the back, say, oh, look at me, look at me, that, that's kind of, it's almost silly, really, yeah. to think about it. Well, so. You know, this, this verse on the centurion, and I want to get into this for a second, but immediately my mind raced, I don't know why, but it, it connected to um, somewhere else in the gospel is where, Peter has his first encounter with Jesus, and they're in a boat, and, and they're just coming in, I believe is the story, and they hadn't caught any fish, and uh, Jesus was actually teaching from one of the boats, and he, he talks to Peter, and they spent some time together, and then, and then uh, and Jesus says to Peter, he says, you know, why don't you throw your nets in the deep? And, and Peter's like, hey, I, I'm a professional fisherman. 
I kind of know what I'm doing and I've been fishing yeah. all night and I haven't <laughs> caught anything guys. So, you know, that plan's not going to work, but he ends up listening to him, throws it in, you know, the story he catches all these fish and, you know, needed help bringing it in. And, and, and from that, Peter has this moment, kind of this crossroad moment with Jesus, which, which I love. He, he, um, he, Lord, he, depart from me, right? Yeah, he says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. I, 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 I'm not, you know, and it's kind of that I'm not worthy piece that you touched on from the centurion. It was the humility hit him hard, and um, and and we all know Jesus' response to Peter in that moment, and that was kind of the change, the trajectory of his life. He said, now on, no, you know, I, I got some big plans for you because now you're going to be a fisher of men. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, what? And I think, yeah, just, I mean, both of these passages are just so powerful. Moving passages, you know, Peter recognizing his own unworthiness uh, before the Lord, and of course the centurion, you know, the servant, you know, just same thing. And, and, and I think when we come face to face with the Lord, with Jesus, we can't help but realize so it's almost like you're 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 stepping into the light of truth. That that makes sense because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. He's the truth. And when you when you step into the truth, you see, man, I'm not worthy. Mm. I'm not worthy. However, Jesus is, and He takes us under His care, and it's His because He's God. It's His doing, His sacrifice. Is what makes uh, if if you know brings us along with them. You know, if, uh, you know, we're not worthy on our own, but with him, you know, we can be united with Christ and we can be brought together with him up to the heavenly kingdom. It's amazing to to ponder that, and and I need to uh, disclose to our listeners on the program again. This is Everyday Faith Radio. Jeff Gaffney, your host, Father Nick Redman, our favorite priest in the world is our guest today on the program. I've spent basically the entire week wrestling with this chapter in the Bible, and it's Luke chapter 7. There's so many incredible scenes, and we're only talking about the opening scene, the faith of the centurion. Father Nick, I want you to know that that I, I really had some time with this, and uh, I'm wondering your thoughts on this, but... Mm -hmm. um, the servant who was healed, he didn't ask to be healed. We know that Jesus healed him, but he didn't ask to be healed. His The centurion, the one he worked for, was the one who pleaded with Jesus to heal his, his, um, his servant. And so if you could follow where if you can follow where I'm going with that is let's apply that or attempt to apply that to today. So, yeah. so I can pray for my, uh, let's just, my friend who is struggling with substance abuse or yeah. an illness Absolutely. or an issue. So as a believer, I can go to Jesus and, and lay that out there, not necessarily for myself, but now, now it, it expands like the centurion. I can pray for someone else, 
and you know it's God's will be done. Is that? Do you have any? Does, does that kind of tug at you at yeah. all? No, that's absolutely right. You know, and I think so often, you know, we we feel helpless when you know our loved ones are struggling, with loved ones are sick, and we feel like we can't do anything. You know, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do, and that that's really not true. Our prayers are powerful, and what we're seeing here in this in this uh, in this uh, passage is intercessory prayer. Yes. This is where uh, the centurion intercedes on behalf of the servant. And this is a long history of this, and not just in Christianity, but even before. And you know, Moses interceded on behalf of of the Israel, the Israelite people, the Jewish people, you know, before the Lord, begging God to have mercy on the people. And then the same thing here, and it's something that's very much in our Christian tradition to pray for others, to pray for the other people that maybe don't know how to pray, or maybe are too sick to pray, or are struggling with too many things. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're who knows what. We can pray for them, and it's and the Lord answers those prayers. It's not like, oh, no, he's got to ask for himself. Not at all. He's like, no, I will answer this prayer because of your faith. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's really gives us hope that, you know, all is not lost. There is something we can do, even when our loved ones are, are uh, you know, struggling and, and maybe in a deep, dark place. Uh, we, we who have faith can pray for them and intercede for them. We're about to take a break, Father Nick. Um, but the um, the other comment, as I as I kind of try to absorb the word here, is that it seems to me, as I study this passage, that the centurion he did he did two major things. Number one, he asked. So he he asked for the healing. And then the second part that he did is that he believed. He asked and then believed. He asked and then believed. And then the result of that, Jesus, you know, I mean, we know that the servant ended up being healed. We read that in the passage. But the other part, and and again, we're about to take a break here, but the other part is Jesus heard this and he was amazed at him. He was amazed at the faith of the centurion and, and, and I believe that that faith is available for, well, certainly for you, Father Nick, but for all the listeners can have that great faith. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're all invited to it. Absolutely. And it's powerful. And, um, and, and we're, not to just, we're not to just hoard it and keep it to ourselves, as this passage demonstrates. There's, there's many for us, many things for us to pray for. Father Nick, we're going to take a quick break. This is Everyday Faith Radio. Father Nick, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Everyday Faith Radio in just a moment. Please stay with us. And then you're out of desperation. No, you're not the only one. Praying, Lord, above. I need a miracle. And welcome back to Everyday Faith Radio. This is Jeff Gaffney, your host. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. We have Father Nick Redman our favorite priest who's from Charlottesville, who's now down in Petersburg. He joins us on the phone. We're digging into the Word today, which 
I love to do. And Father Nick, I have to tell you, it's kind of newer for me really in the last 10 years to really crack open the Bible, read it, oh, ponder yeah. it, look at it from different you know dimensions. But it's it's been life-changing. I mean, it's, it's a treasure chest. I mean, it really is. You, you break in, into the Word, and, you, and you, it's like discovering new newer and better treasures and then and then you discover a treasure and then you look at it again from a new angle yes. and it's got all these greater deeper riches it's yes. just it's it's something that i mean everyone should do break yes. open the bible and dig in you know there's it's it's a gift it's well, a gift that we've been given and yeah, Let's into dig it. into this passage. We're still in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. This is where Jesus raises a widow's son. And so that we're picking it up, Luke 7, uh, 11. It goes like this. I'm going to read it, Father Nick, then I'll get some of your thoughts on this. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear. There they were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Father Nick, uh, I know you're not here to take confession, but I have a confession. The confession is this. I, I have... I've read the Bible a few times. This story sometimes um, it's disappeared from me. Meaning, um, when I wander upon this, I'm like, I, I can't even believe that I'm not really that familiar with the fact that in Luke's passage, in Luke's, Luke's Gospel, chapter seven, that Jesus raises a dead man. I mean, yeah. That, that, well, this story is unique to Luke, from what from what I remember. I'm pretty sure this is only found in Luke. Okay. Um, and so you, we don't see it. You know, if you're reading through all the different Gospels, you know, it's only in Luke that you'll find it. And so then, whoa, it does. Like, young man, I tell you, arise. Whoa, this is this is big stuff. You know, a dead man rising. You know, and of course it's foreshadowing Christ's own resurrection, but still very powerful. Let me ask you the question that kind of pops to mind to me on this part of Luke's Gospel. The woman she's a widow her son is has now passed away and so that appears to be devastating news for her financially socially oh, yeah. economically the whole bit she's uh her life has just gotten really really bad they're going to bury him and they run into Jesus and so like the first question i have have you ever pondered like how do we run into jesus like how do we how do we go walking when we have a tragedy and are we looking for jesus and is jesus there and 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 i guess i'll stop there and let you kind of chime in but do you know what i'm talking about it's sort of yeah, like I mean, it's like know, this lady we live our lives with blinders on we you know and and jesus might be right in front of us and and you know, for whatever reason, you know, with with the blinders on, we don't recognize them. You know, and 
uh, you know, it might be because we're deep in sorrow or, or just deep in our own thoughts, whatever it is, and we can live our life. And Jesus is there calling to us constantly, you know, telling us, young man, arise, and, you know, do not weep. You know, he's telling us these things, um, and, you know, not to say we're not allowed to cry, and not to say that, you know, death isn't part of life, uh, but it, but he is constantly reaching out to us in different ways. Uh, in this case, he's reaching out to this woman in a very personal way, um, but he, he does that for all of us a lot more than I think we realize. All right, I have another question. This is Everyday Faith Radio. Jeff Gaffney, your host. Father Nick is with us on the program. Nick Redman. Father Nick, it, do you think that in a way, when we mourn today because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, coupled with our belief, do you think that Jesus is actually saying a similar message to us today when we mourn? In other words, just just correct me if I'm wrong here, but do you think maybe Jesus is saying to us, you know what? I've got really good news for you. It's it's not it's it's not life as you know it today. Like maybe maybe they're not maybe we're not going to have a earthly resurrection, but the good news for you is the great news the, the, like, incredible lottery that you've just won is, guess what? Because of your great faith, again, going back to the centurion, but because of your great faith, because of your faith in me and your belief in me, you've got eternal life, a great gift. Yeah, I mean, we, we, um, I mean that, we have to always remember that. You know, and whenever, whenever somebody dies, you know, I just— lost my dad. You might remember last summer, a year ago, uh, I lost my dad and, and my mom eight years before that. So, uh, you know, we've all experienced death, and, and mourning is part of that. There's nothing wrong with mourning, but we always have to remember that there is also a great hope in the resurrection at the end of time, in eternal life in heaven. And so, um, you know, the, yeah, we, we're sorry sorrowful, we're, we're sad, you know, we're, we're, we, we mourn. That's normal. But then there's also a, a, a bit of joy in, 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 the, in, the, in the real profound hope that one day we will be reunited, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, assuming we get to heaven. We've got we to have that faith, mm. uh, you know. And, but, uh, so it's, it's a mixed emotion. I think, so I think it's normal to weep and to be sad, but it's also normal, it also should be part of it to, to have this deep-seated joy um, in the hope of, of an eternal life. And when you have that Christ-founded hope, it changes our outlook on life, and it changes our outlook on death. Mm. That's a good word, Father Nick Redman. Here we are in Everyday Faith Radio. I'm going to move on this passage in, in Luke's Gospel. Um, I'm going to just paraphrase this part. The next, the next part of chapter 7 is about Jesus and John the Baptist, and, and I found this really something to ponder, because here's my paraphrase, Father Nick. John the Baptist baptized Jesus just three chapters earlier, and Jesus started his earthly ministry. John the Baptist was there. It was an amazing moment. Uh, they had this incredible God moment. Uh, Jesus goes on into uh, into the wilderness, filled with the Spirit. He comes back, starts his ministry. John the Baptist, 
one of the heroes of uh, of the time of Jesus' life, John the Baptist. Okay, he gets thrown in jail. Uh, I won't tell the backstory on all that, but he he's thrown in jail, and so. He sends his disciples in this chapter. He sends his followers, the guys that are supporting John the Baptist, send them to Jesus. And, they, and, and, and John the Baptist, I, I, there's something about this that I can really relate to. John the Baptist, you know, I'm sure would be characterized as great faith and, and, and again, uh, um, just a, a hero of, of these times, sends his disciples to Jesus and says, hey, um, are you really the guy? Because if you're not, we're going to go looking for somebody else. And again, my paraphrase of that is I'm in jail and I'm dying and you're not doing anything about it. Um, it, that's not how this is supposed to go. This is, we're supposed to be like doubles partners and we're supposed to kind of go off and, 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 and you're leaving me here. What, what, what the heck? And the reason that I, I, bring it up like that, Father Nick, is even John the Baptist struggled with, like, what's your plan? Like, we want to know. We we want to know, you know, what the end plan is. Like, God, what do you have for me? What's your will? And even, and even John the Baptist struggled with, okay, your plan is not really lining up with my plan. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like um, he wasn't expecting, John the Baptist wasn't really expecting the, the Messiah, the one that he had been, you know, prepare the way, prepare the yeah. way. He wasn't expecting somebody who prepared the way for a man who's going to go out and heal, right. who's going to be going out and, and letting the blind regain their sight, let the lame walk. You know, these these this isn't quite the Messiah that John the Baptist anticipated and and frankly that Israel as right. a whole right. anticipated they weren't they, this is not the kind of kingship if you will yeah they were looking that, for the military conquest for. right i mean they they thought it was going to be a military overthrow yeah yeah a, a messiah that would you know a, a ruler uh, uh, that would yeah be able to uh, uh, you know, take out Herod. You know, uh, free free the, uh, Herod's prisoners, and and uh, you know, have a, a very much a, a, a rule over Israel like other kings of past may have had. But this is a new kind of kingship with Jesus. It's it's one where where people are healed, where where good news is proclaimed, where the dead are raised. Mm. This is a different kind of kingship. Mm. Mm. Father Dick, we are running out of time, and I really want to hit this last passage, but I'm afraid we're yeah. not going to have time for it. I, I think instead, I'm going to I'm going to ask you this question. It relates back to John the Baptist in Luke Luke chapter seven. If any of our listeners are struggling with not hearing from God, a little bit like John the Baptist, they feel like they're in their own jail cell, like being punished or. Um, they just they just feel like that there's a quote unquote blackout like they're not they're not hearing from God. What would you, as uh, Charlottesville's favorite priest, what would you have to say to anybody who really is thirsty and hungry to hear from God because they need it? You know, He's there. God is real. I mean, God has smacked me upside the head. I can tell you that. <laughs> and and it's not just me. He loves all of us. He loves all of you who are listening. He loves each and every one of us, and not just kind of in a generic way, but in a very personal, you and him, 
kind of way, a very personal way. And sometimes we don't feel it. You know, sometimes we feel it's like we're in a dark room and we can't see anything around us. But you turn on the light and you see Christ is there and he always has been there. Mm. And then you turn the light back off. Does that mean Christ disappeared? No, he's still there. It just means that we need to have faith and trust in him that he is there. And, uh, you know, if we, we cut out some of the distractions, open our eyes, open our ears a bit, open our heart, we will actually have that experience with Christ. He'll let us know he's there. Well, I love your message, Father Nick. And I'm, I might add to that maybe something that you covered earlier in the show is that part about humility. I mean, sometimes when we can just kind of get our own ego out of the way so that God can move in and do great things, and the first great thing might be hearing from Him. But the other thing I will say to any of our listeners who are struggling to hear from God, just like um, Father Nick and I had this time in the Word today, I would say pick it, pick up the Bible and ask God to reveal himself. Read it, ask what God, what it, how it applies to you. Ask God to show you what it is. And, you know, I've, again, I've spent this entire week wrestling with chapter seven in Luke's gospel, and it has been a wonderful time. Father Nick, I want to pray for you for a change. I'm going to pray for you. It goes like this. All right. May Thank the Lord you. bless you and keep you May his face shine upon you and bring you peace. This is Everyday Faith Radio. Father Nick Redman, thank you so much for joining us. To all of our listeners, have a great, awesome week. Father Nick, we're going to get you back on and appreciate you so much. Thanks, Jeff. God bless you and God bless everybody listening. God, we need you to come. It's like having a Fox News app right there in your dashboard. Seaville 1075 and AM 1260, WCHV, AM and FM, Charlottesville. Hiding in plain sight. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. That's how one House Democrat describes the evidence against President Trump as the chamber initiates an impeachment investigation. He pressured a foreign government to target an American citizen for political gain. That is classic abuse of power, which undermines our national security. This is as serious as it gets. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries of New York, Democrats are building their case based on a whistleblower complaint that claims President Trump pressured Ukraine's leader to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son. If you read the seven-page little Nancy Drew novel that the whistleblower put together, it drips with condescension, righteous indignation, and contempt for the president. It's also ludicrous on its face. White House Senior Advisor Stephen Miller, both men on Fox News Sunday. As the probe plays out, the president is reacting on Twitter, saying they're trying to stop me because I'm fighting for you. Yesterday, he posted a video. We're fighting to drain the swamp, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And you see why we have to do it, because our country is at stake like never before. House Democrats have issued several subpoenas.